Welcome to the first podcast episode created for the research project Humanitarian Diplomacy, assessing policies, practices and impact of new forms of humanitarian action and foreign policy, in short, HUMDIPLO. HUMDIPLO project is based at Christian Mikkelsen Institute, CMI, and led by research professor Antonio de Lauri, and the project is funded by the Research Council of Norway. Our project looks into the dynamics of negotiation of the humanitarian space and into the politics of compromise that is necessary to access populations in need in complex emergencies. My name is Salla Turunen and I am a doctoral researcher at CMI, currently investigating the humanitarian diplomacy conducted at the United Nations. I'm delighted to have Christopher Liden with me on today's episode, who is a senior researcher at Peace Research Institute Oslo, PRIO. Christopher is also a coordinator of the PRIO Research Group on Humanitarianism and deputy co-director of the Norwegian Center for Humanitarian Studies, NCHS. He holds a PhD in philosophy an MA in Peace and Conflict Studies, and his research centers on the ethics of international affairs with a focus on the fields of security, humanitarianism, peace building and new technologies. Having said that, uh, today Christopher and I uh, delve into the ethical questions of humanitarian action more broadly speaking, as well as humanitarian diplomacy itself. And uh, what a better way to discuss these issues than with a philosopher. So welcome, Christopher. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. Looking forward to this and thanks for having me. Excellent. Maybe we'll start off on a very general level. So when, when we discuss humanitarianism in general, a common point of departure is to start from the international humanitarian law and the humanitarian principles of humanity, neutrality, um, impartiality and independence. But as humanitarian practitioners well know, putting these ideals into practice can face many challenges. So how do you, Christopher, uh, see this setting from an ethical point of view? So it would be tempting for a philosopher to then start out with the principles and the ambitions and the laws, as you mentioned, and to uh, come up with uh, analysis and prescriptions uh, based on that and imagine that it was possible then to apply that in practice. And that's an approach to international ethics that I find uh, interesting and enriching. It's uh, sometimes called ideal theory, but it's not the approach that I find most useful. So uh, non-ideal theory takes the you know, the uh, re real world of politics as a starting point, and also how ethics is part of a broader, you know, set of mot motives uh, related both to ideals and self-interests, how ethics is also part of uh, general conceptions of the world, understandings of how things work in practice. So uh, my approach is more practical. And that means that I find it very interesting to study humanitarian practices uh, from an ethical perspective because it's supposed to be a very ethical endeavor. And mm. it's uh, really 
influenced by these uh, general humanitarian principles and ideals. But when you look at the practices, humanitarian practitioners have to maneuver uh, the, the world of realpolitik. And uh, that also involves a challenge for research in terms of how to grasp exactly how ethics work in practice. Right. I, I think it's um, very interesting that you say that ethics can be described as these general understandings of the world. So in a sense that if we think about humanitarian ethics and driven by the humanitarian imperative in particularly, uh, that is the general understanding, the humanitarian understanding of the world. But at the same time, in practice and in, in conflict context, these, these might not be the same understandings that rule. So how do, how do practitioners and humanitarians usually navigate this tension? So there's there's a very interesting plurality in terms of how it's uh, navigated and it's useful to think of it as a sort of field where the different uh, approaches are complementary. So both in the field of um, diplomacy of international humanitarian law and also in the practices of humanitarian negotiations uh, on the so-called front lines, uh, you will you will see a conglomerate of different approaches where actually the uh, more principled ones often reinforce the pragmatic ones and li likewise. So um, there is a, a plethora of, of ways of dealing with this from those who um, consider the adherence to humanitarian principles as the uh, crux of humanitarian action and where any violation of these principles in order to have shorter term humanitarian gains uh, undermines humanitarian action in the longer run and are not properly humanitarian while others really strongly uh, oppose that uh, principled view and sees it as um, unhumanitarian because it would allow uh, humanitarian, you know, it would allow human suffering that could be prevented based on some general principle. So you see a strong tension between these views, but in practice they complement each other. Mm. But do you think that this kind of ideal theory that you referred to and, and this kind of a conceptualization of being properly humanitarian, which is a very interesting one, do you, do you think that it is possible in reality? Or is this some sort of a ideal that is uh, some sort of a north star that humanitarians uh, want to follow, but there is a, um, this kind of a necessary gap in between? Yeah, so it's absolutely possible to uh, hold those ideals and uh, there is this you know in in the notion of humanitarianism there is this assumption that it's driven by a certain almost like an ideology by certain ideals and in that respect it's necessary to speak of humanitarianisms in plural there is a, a, a great variety of such and uh, there has been done a lot of interesting research also on new forms of humanitarianism, uh, non-Western, you know, religious approaches and so on. 
and also that's uh, really uh, at stake in uh, in the debates on localization of humanitarian action and on the decolonization of humanitarian action uh, how one needs to open for the pluralism of uh, ideals at stake so it's also not necessarily uh, right to to set it up as a dichotomy between kind of Western ideals or pragmatic uh, approaches. There's a, uh, a pluralism of, of, of such ideals. So also, of course, we need to distinguish very clearly between uh, the practice of humanitarian action and the research or the study of humanitarian action. And the answer to your question is different for the two. So in the practice of humanitarian action, it's possible to be driven by these ideals, but it's not fruitful uh, not to recognize the practical uh, premises or the conditions of possibility for realizing them. That's just not possible, except if you're some sort of uh, policymaker who just writes the general strategies or writes a kind of manifesto for a humanitarian organization. But researchers can, you know, emphasize one or the other aspect um, when they do, uh, when they think systematically about it, and and both of those can be very uh, useful. Mm, absolutely. Um, I was quite tempted to continue the conversation about this kind of new forms of humanitarianism that can be seen strictly instrumental. So let's say private military actors that are, are hired into conflict context to, to uh, participate and whatnot. So in a sense, they might have political agendas such as overthrowing oppressive governments or introducing democracy. So in, in these kind of actions, the neutrality or the independence of humanitarianism loses its relevancy or loses its, its validity to a certain extent. And it might be also hard to navigate as a person on the ground these kind of different plur pluralities and multitude of humanitarianism that is seen in, in a given context. Or let's say that there are religious actors intervening and, and uh, Christian missionaries, for example, it's a long tradition, long-standing tradition in the field of Western humanitarianism in particularly. So it might be quite quite the palette of colors that we see in action uh, when it comes to the implementation of humanitarian principles on the ground. Mm. And it's um, th this this uh, brings me to a point which I think is very fundamental when we think about how to study humanitarian action, which is that it's easy to think of it as an uh, ideal driven venture where the different actors need to agree on co common objectives or on common principles and where they need to in a some some sort of uh, have some sort of overlapping uh, consensus in terms of their understandings of how the world works and should be but in practice humanitarianism is really embedded in politics in the fundamental way that we should not think about it as a matter of consensus but as a world uh, of conflict where humanitarian practitioners need to maneuver this in strategic ways so uh, so rather than thinking of it as kind of ideal driven humanitarian action that would not succeed 
if it uh, had to operate in too kind of conflict-ridden or too politicized and instrumentalized contexts, one needs to re uh, recognize that this has always been the case. Uh, humanitarian action grew out of messy uh, politics and have always um, maneuvered that, as documented, for instance, in the work of, uh, of uh, Barnett on the history of humanitarian action. And this means that uh, one needs to think differently about the, you know, tensions between ideals and practice, that the ideals are embedded in the practices and that it's actually uh, a, uh, it's it's very problematic to assume that there is something that is purely humanitarian and that, and that can be tainted by political circumstances, but that one should rather understand exactly how humanitarian action is political, but in its own way of being political. Mm. And that is an actually an excellent preach for getting closer to our podcast topic on humanitarian diplomacy, mm. which can be seen as its own uh, diplomatic category directed towards humanitarian issues. So for listeners who might not be uh, as familiar with the term, it can be, it, it is often described as pursuing uh, to influence decision makers and other relevant stakeholders to act in the interest of humanitarian uh, needs and people in humanitarian need. It is often recognized as humanitarian action and can be seen as this umbrella term for humanitarian negotiations and mediation. And now what uh, you, Christopher, was just saying about this kind of inherent relationship with politics that humanitarianism has had throughout the ages, also humanitarian diplomacy can be seen as this oxymoron, wherein human, hum, the word humanitarian uh, stands for humanitarian imperative and the principles, but then diplomacy is something political. It is some, some sort of pragmatic dealings and compromise uh, that, that comes into the display. So I have been actually trying to navigate this concept and trying to understand what it means, uh, particularly through practices. And that has taken me to interview uh, practitioners themselves. My key focus has been within the United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs. And it is quite interesting, uh, the range of answers that I get if I ask these practitioners, do they see themselves as humanitarian diplomats? And many kind of navigate this further or, or shift the responsibility into a higher level, saying that such as emergency relief coordinator is globally a humanitarian diplomat or at the country level, the humanitarian coordinators are, are um, humanitarian diplomats or heads of offices and so on and so forth. But at the same time, some people say that many people within um, OCHA engage in humanitarian diplomacy. So, for example, one interviewee said that uh, a driver of the car might be a much better humanitarian diplomat um, at a checkpoint that he ever will be within the given context. So, in a sense that there is this um, principle of pragmatism that I keep on pumping into, which goes directly into what you were saying. Meaning the ability to make instinctive calls and hard decisions within humanitarian contexts, uh, which are guided by both humanitarian ideals and the realities of the operational contexts. 
Um, Christopher, if you want to comment anything on the humanitarian diplomacy side, I'm, I'm very happy to hear your thoughts, but I also know that you have been doing very interesting work on the issue of humanitarian governance. So if you have any re reflections on that one as well, they're very welcome. Yeah, so my, my first thoughts in terms of, of how you presented as an oxymoron is that uh, while, of course, humanitarian uh, diplomacy uh, poses as a very principled and ideal uh, idealist, um, it is a perfect political move and it's sort of where it can really draw um draw some uh influence uh, not only legitimacy but uh, but sort of kind of true strategic uh political influence by posing as uh humanitarian so in 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 you could also shift it around and say that actually the notion of diplomacy is uh a notion which is uh, quite uh open to uh, you know uh, meeting uh, working on politics across borders being very pragmatic in a sort of uh, ethical sense while the notion of humanitarian in humanitarian diplomacy is it's it's at least uh, sort of paradoxical because it's used politically so it conceals its, you know, it's it conceals some political content, uh, and uh, and uses that for everything it's worth. So um, humanitarian diplomacy, you know, happens also now at a very particular moment of history, where humanitarian, uh, where the notion of humanitarianism uh, really has uh, a strong international support and it's really costly to be opposed to humanitarianism for instance uh, russia and china in the un security council they can uh, oppose a lot about the uh, western kind of agenda of protection of civilians but when it comes to humanitarian assistance they never spoke out explicitly against it even if they uh, russia for instance gravely violated uh, international humanitarian law and its operations in Syria in practice. So, um, so uh, humanitarian diplomacy is not an innocent uh, thing. It's a place that allows for, you know, uh, political action and where one really needs to look critically at how it's used. So, for one thing, it occupies a kind of moral space in international politics, a moral space which is highly contested and where uh, others who want to occupy that space advance more kind of structural approaches to global justice. Uh, they are concerned with uh, global distributive justice, with uh, inequalities uh, of many uh, sorts that are not really addressed by the humanitarian outlook, right? So, um, on the other hand, it's of course uh, very uh, to the advantage of humanitarianism 
that it's actually uh, able to do things in practice these days. So if that moral space was occupied by talk about how to create a better world sometime in the future, lots of people would die in the meantime. Uh, so of course the action part of humanitarian action is key in compare, comparison with some of these alternative approaches. But I think it's really interesting and important to also be kind of critical about the idealism in humanitarian diplomacy concept. And then, uh, then I can return to um, more concretely kind of what some of the issues relating to the ethics of humanitarian governance that I think are interesting are. Right. I know that very unfortunately we are uh, running out of time for today's episode, but if you have any short reflections that you'd like to you'd like to conclude with, uh, you're more than welcome. Okay, so uh, I've, I've seen how uh, you relate the notion of humanitarian diplomacy to the uh, uh, field of humanitarian negotiations. And I think that uh, the way that humanitarian action happens in the front lines through a mode of negotiation is a really uh, interesting way into uh, the broader realm of humanitarian diplomacy and to think about the ways in which it's a pragmatic and conflict-ridden uh, field of practice. Uh, and also, there's something with the notion of negotiation that's really useful in thinking about the whole political field of humanitarian action. Because when you look into concrete uh, negotiations at the front line, you see how those negotiations with, let's say, uh, local authorities or a local militia are also uh, negotiated within the humanitarian actors uh, organizations, you know, between field offices and headquarters and between headquarters and their uh, and, and states. And yeah, so, so there's this, um, uh, the notion of negotiation can also be used even for negotiations that the uh, humanitarian actors probably have internally when wondering which way to uh, to go, what would be the best strategy. And at the most general philosophical level, negotiations is really a key concept for thinking about the field of ethics and how different doctrines, how different ideals are up against each other in international politics. Instead of thinking of it as a question of which understanding or which ideal is the true one or the the the, the best one so uh, that's for instance something that kim hutchings has been uh, recently writing on in in relation to a notion of um, pluriversality instead of universality when you think about international ethics and international ideals so so i wanted to to chip that in in the end and uh, and maybe in a later um, on a later occasion we could look more concretely into some of the ethical dilemmas and uh, aspects of humanitarian negotiations. Excellent. Thank you so much, uh, Christopher, for the for the last reflections and the overall conversation. So thank you for taking part on today's episode. 
Likewise, thanks so much. And those of you listening, uh, thank you very much for your time and stay tuned for more upcoming episodes on the Humanitarian Diplomacy podcast.